Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to My Messy Lessons. I'm really excited to be back with you and excited for this new year and what it will bring. I just want to remind you that the podcast will be coming out every two weeks and every second week will be an interview. So my next podcast will be my interview with Kelly. She is an incredible, dynamic, bubbly woman who fearlessly dives into herself and her journey. And I'm very proud to be friends with her. So I know that You'll really love hearing what she has to share. And I also wanted to put a shout out there to any of you listeners who might want to share your story. If you have a lesson that you want to share, please let me know. Uh, Reach out, contact me, and I would love to interview you this year. Over the past couple of months, I've been reading some books for my course. If you haven't listened to my last podcast, then you might not know that I'm starting a course to become a sex, love, and relationship coach. And I started last week, so it's going really good and I'm really excited about it. (laughs) We had a book list to get us started, so I've been reading a lot in the last few months and I've learned some astonishing things, some interesting things, and some things we should really all know but nobody really knows. Some of them are important enough that I'd like to share them with you in this episode. So yes, I will be talking about sex and explicit things in this episode, so probably not appropriate for little ears. And also, I just want to say that this is not about my personal sex life, so if you know me but don't want to hear about my sex life, then don't worry. (laughs) Uh, So I have five things to share with you today. The first one is that there are a lot of ways of looking at relationships. And this seems obvious. I think a lot of us know this on some level, but we don't really stop to think about what this means for our lives or other people's lives. We just assume that, you know, you find somebody and you get married and you settle down and you only have sex with that one person for the rest of your life. And that's, uh, that's the ideal. That's, uh, what should happen, and if you can't, then there's something wrong with you, or if you get divorced, that's a failure, or I don't know, like there's just so many beliefs out there, and we assume that monogamy is the right way or the only way to have intimacy, and I'm not bringing religion into this because I know I know a lot of people do believe that monogamy is the right way and the only way because of their religion. So I'm kind of talking to all of you that aren't religious, that we still assume that monogamy is the right way or the only way to have intimacy. Or um, 
you know, we just, we don't even think about it. We just get married and start relationships without thinking it through. I read a book called Sex at Dawn about how we haven't evolved to be monogamous and that it can sometimes cause more problems than it solves and how monogamy was invented and isn't natural for men or women. Um, on the other hand, another book I read called Wired for Love talks about how we can and should get more or less all of our needs met from our partner. Um, basically, opposite ends of the spectrum. And it made me realize that monogamy is a concept, that there's nothing inherently right or wrong about it, and that it's a choice. Because we're all so different, I don't think everyone thrives in a monogamous relationship just like everyone doesn't thrive in a heterosexual relationship, right? And um, there are other options out there. Essentially, any kind of relationship you can come up with. There's polyamory, throuples, and monogamish relationships like Esther Peril talks about. Yes, there will be some people who can only or only want to achieve true intimacy if they are in a monogamous relationship with one person. But for others, that might seem stifling and they could only feel truly intimate in a relationship where they were allowed to see and be with others. So everyone's different and different relationships work best for different people. A lot of people don't even know that there are options. And while I'm on the subject, I'm sure a lot of problems arrive from not discussing as a couple, what does monogamy mean to you exactly? Does watching porn mean you're not monogamous? What about fantasies in your head? What about having a threesome? Is that included in your definition of monogamy or not? You know, my point is is just to communicate about this and connect with yourself enough to know what's healthiest for you. What kind of relationship is the most life-giving to you? I think this is the most important thing is communication, being totally upfront about it with any partner you may have, making sure that everything and everyone involved knows the whole story and it's all consensual. Is your monogamy consensual? Is your non-monogamy consensual? Does everybody know everything about what that means to you and do you know what it means to the other person? Communicate, communicate, communicate. <laughs> and don't assume monogamy is the only kind of relationship out there. Make it an informed choice. Number two, basic female anatomy. <laughs> basic female anatomy. Knowledge is sorely lacking. Did you know that women have as much erectile tissue as men do? True story. <laughs> They have bulbs, which run the length of their vulva that swell when they're aroused. And their clitoris is also erectile tissue, and it has a shaft that goes up a little ways, and then legs that come down on either side of the vulva. That is not something most people know. While we're on that subject, we usually call the area between a woman's legs a vagina, right? But the vagina is actually only the shaft that goes inside a woman's body. You can't actually see any woman's vagina unless you have a speculum <laughs> and a flashlight. <laughs> Everything you can see is actually called the vulva. This basic anatomy is not something most people know. And I think it's really important. I learned this from a book called Women's Anatomy of Arousal. It's an incredible book. Um, number three. Your sexuality is normal. <clears throat> yep. 
That's right. <laughs> you can rest at ease. It might be different than your neighbors, your friends, or your mailman's, but everyone is normal. It's like you look different than all of them too, right? Maybe you have a different eye color, different height, you have a different skin color, different personality, but you all look like humans, right? There are as many sexualities as there are people, but it's all sexuality. And it's all okay. It's like saying you don't look like a normal human. Well, what does a normal human look like? Says who? Embrace your sexuality with compassion and curiosity. This is something that I've learned to do since um, taking the sexuality course that I took last year. And embrace your dark sides too. They exist for a reason. Why? Look into why you are the way you are, where your sexuality comes from, and love it. We're all normal. You're not the only one with that fantasy, with that kink, and that weird thing that turns you on. <laughs> Everyone is different, but we're all also the same, right? You're a human being with a complicated, complex, wonderful sexuality, just like everyone else. The most important part of our sexuality, the most important thing about it is that it's consensual. If you're consenting and the other person is consenting, then that's wonderful and beautiful and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Number four, did you know that women can orgasm in lots of different ways? I learned this also from the book called Women's Anatomy of Arousal, which I mentioned earlier. Um, women can have clitoral orgasms, cervical orgasms, full body orgasms, prolonged orgasms, energy orgasms, and even orgasms from thinking about orgasms, <laughs> which is uh, a fun thought. <laughs> and uh, that's only a few. Women have a huge sexual potential that most of us don't even know about. And this is something that makes me really angry because... Most girls that I know, most women that I know, all we were taught about our sexuality is be careful, don't get pregnant, don't have sex, <laughs> uh, use a condom, and that's it. Like We were not taught about the huge realms of pleasure that we can have and how to experience it and how to... Uh, explore our bodies and know what does it for us and how to have different orgasms. And there's like this whole world out there that most women know nothing about. And that's something I definitely want to educate people on in the future. Um, so last one is number five. <clears throat> I learned this from a book called Come As You Are, which is a book I think every woman and probably man should have and read. Not just have it, you should also read it. <laughs> um, but I learned that your arousal works like the brake and gas pedals of a car. Both work independently, but affect the other. For example, if you floor the gas, but also the brake at the same time, you aren't going to get anywhere fast, if at all. If you don't apply the gas or the brake, same thing. With your arousal or sexual interest, there are things that turn you on, the gas pedal, and there are things that turn you off, which is the brake. Each pedal can be anywhere from very sensitive to very unsensitive. For example, someone who can get aroused easily and often likely has a sensitive gas pedal and a not very sensitive brake pedal. So many things can trigger either one, and it's completely dependent on the person. 
like I mentioned before, we're all very different. Our sexuality is as different as we are. Um, but things on your gas pedal list could include uh, not having your kids in the house, being well-rested, having a clean house, having nice lighting, seeing a specific body part, the smell of something, the sound of something, feeling desired, being in a new location, or a host of other things. Things on your break list could include um, a messy house, a stressful day at work, uh, being in a new place, <laughs> the smell of something, the sound of something, a specific word that your partner says, feeling disrespected, being angry, etc., etc. Point being, everyone is different. Do you want to know why you're aroused sometimes and other times you're not? Think for a few moments and maybe write down two or three times in your life that you've had the best sex of your life. Why was it the best sex? What did you experience? Where were you? How did you feel? What made you feel that way specifically? What time was it? What were the circumstances that led to that encounter? What did you hear? What did you smell? Do the same thing with the two or three lousiest sex encounters you've ever had. Why was it lousy? What were the internal and external factors? The same questions that I asked you before. Make a list and find out for yourself what things caused the brakes to come on and what things pushed your gas pedal. You can use this to your advantage, right? So if a messy house puts on the brakes, for example, get a house cleaner to come in the day before a weekend without the kids. Make a point of dealing with the things on your break list and add the things on your gas list. Does being in a new place excite you? Go to new places more often, right? And if you share these with your partner, then they can help you too. This also helped me understand that everyone's car, so to speak, is different and there's no shame in having a really sensitive or unsensitive brake or gas pedal. It's just the way you're made. And it's about knowing yourself and using that to your advantage. I'll leave it at this for now, but I'm excited to continue to share with you as I learn. I hope you have a wonderfully messy week as always, and I will see you in a couple weeks. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons, The Community, and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs>